Hello and welcome to the Creativity Snippets podcast with myself, Tracy Stanley, and Barbara Wilson. We're passionate about encouraging creativity and are the co-authors of the book, Creativity Cycling, Help Your Team Solve Complex Problems with Creative Tools. Now, Barbara lives near Nice in the south of France, and I live here in Chippery, Brisbane for the moment, Australia. Barbara and I started recording our conversations at the beginning of 2020 so that we could provide some information and inspiration on applying creativity to all aspects of your life. Now today, Barbara and I are going to be discussing and comparing and contrasting procrastination and incubation and indeed how it impacts on creativity. Now we started discussing this topic after I read well, I was looking on LinkedIn and there was a, a very popular BBC um, article that had been posted and it was generating lots of conversation. I guess the pain of procrastination was resonating with a lot of people, you know, and what to do about it when they're very, very, very busy. So Barbara and I started chatting about it and started sort of identifying what were our assumptions and understanding of these two topics. But Barbara, Tell us more about your motivation for um, wanting to explore today's topic. Yes, thanks, Tracy. And um, yeah, hello from a, a rather cloudy south of France today as well. Um, so for me, the the whole the premise of the article was that a certain amount of procrastination is good for creativity. My first reaction to that was rather negative, I have to say. Um, but it was that having read it, I think procrastination was being misinterpreted. So I'd always understood procrastination to mean something a little bit negative. And I suppose I confirmed this by checking out dictionary definitions as you do. So the Collins Dictionary defines procrastination as to put off or defer an action until a later time, to delay. And I have on numerous occasions coached someone who was a procrastinator in that they left things undone until they became urgent. I've done it myself. And in fact, um, I, I've been doing it fairly recently because I intended to write a blog on this topic, which I've still not completed. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I then followed on and, and had a look at, at what other people were saying about procrastination. And I came across Adam Grant um, in his TED talk, who discusses procrastinators and concludes that moderate procrastinators were more creative, whereas high or low ones were not so. And of course, again, here, there's a problem in de determining, you know, whether our procrastination level is high, low or medium. Um, <laughs> it seems to me a very subjective perspective. But when you listen to Grant's talk, it really becomes clear, becomes clear that what he's really talking about is incubation. So we seem to be, again, back to this situation where incubation and procrastination are, are being um, mixed up, I suppose. Um, so both, both the original article and, and Grant, I believe, uh, have, have confused the two terms and I just want to go on further after this to, to talk about really how I see procrastination and then how I see incubation. But Tracy, what are your thoughts on procrastination at this point? 
I think this was a really important topic to discuss because I hadn't given it a lot of thought. I admit that I was starting to see the two as interchangeably. And of course, Barbara and I had a bit of a conversation before today's podcast, and I really am coming to understand the differences and how I can change my own mindset and behaviours to really be aware of what's required for incubation to be successful. So I, I know that sort of sounds a bit esoteric, but I'll explain more later on. But those are just my first thoughts, Barbara. Okay, thanks, Tracy. So let's. Uh, what I want to do here first, then, is is to explore a little bit more what procrastination is, and why I think it's seen more. Why I, I believe it comes from a more negative space. So first of all, procrastinators procrastinate for, for various reasons and the first I see is that they may be perfectionists who put off things because the result needs to be perfect and they are, they're afraid really of being able to even start the task. Um, Tracy I think you had something you you would want to yeah. add here. Yes no um, this this point really resonated with me. Um, Margaret Atwood the, the, the famous writer talked about how sometimes we don't do something because we're afraid of um, judging being judged by others or being judged by ourselves. Um, so that could be a reason that we procrastinate. And um, it's really important to think about the creative process and how important it is not to have that level of judgment, particularly at the beginning. Um, I know this is a topic, Barbara, that you and I have talked about before. I know that you facilitate um, creative problem-solving sessions with groups and your own experience of, I guess, the damage that can happen in terms of creative process if you are too critical in those early stages. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely right. I mean, one of the the, the, the most important aspects of, of the creative process right at the beginning is to be as as open and and often uh, when you're looking at creative problem solving to be um, yeah open and and when you're brainstorming to have as many ideas as possible without censoring or judging those ideas because once you start doing that once you start censoring or judging, then you close down and, and that's really to be avoided. So, yeah, it, it, it does. It is one of my kind of golden rules of creativity to, to make no criticism during the st early stages. In fact, through, criticism is bad at all stages, I have to say. Maybe we have to judge at a final stage when we're determining yeah. between alternatives, perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. Thanks. Um, <laughs> And then I think another point is that some people procrastinate because they just don't want to do the task. It bores them or they dislike aspects of it. I suppose we've all had jobs in which part of that job is something we just don't want to take on. And that can lead us into just putting it off. Tracy, any? Did, yeah, did... <laughs> no, it's a good point. Um, since we've been chatting about procrastination I've been thinking I've been more conscious of why am I procrastinating what is it about the task that I dislike you know you've mentioned boredom is it because it's it's difficult and complex and I, I don't want to start um, is it because it's ambiguous and I find that if I just recognize myself why I've resisted starting then that actually gives me a prompt to start and starting is really, really important, not any task, because, you know, you, you make progress, even if you're afraid that you're not going to be making enough progress in those beginning stages. Yeah, 
I think that that's a good point that just just make a start on it and I'm sure we'll be coming back to that point later um, and in fact if you do make a start on it it can change it completely from what I see as, as from being procrastination to being incubation but I'll come back to that as well so I think that um, all of those reasons really are are genuine reasons why some people procrastinate but procrastination causes that kind of anxiety and anxiety is not conducive to creativity. The, I also wanted to add here that I think just delaying the task is not good enough to improve creativity around it either. So, I mean, what you've said there, Tracy, is that just make a, a start on it, even if it's a, a, a small start, delaying it totally it is not adding anything. It's not going to add anything. It can increase your anxiety about getting to it in the end. So I think that what Grant and others have confused here is that state of procrastination with that of incubation. So what's incubation? And I see this as, as part of the creative process and is a really healthy part, particularly when it's introduced as part of a creative problem solving um, approach. There is, though, an important point to consider here that, that sets it apart. And this is, I think, really important that it sets it apart from procrastination. Incubation requires a prepared mind. So this means that the incubation occurs after some thinking or some work has been done on the issue. Then a period of procrastination or rather incubation can allow the unconscious mind to process ideas and eventually be brought, be brought into the unconscious mind. Um, so, you know, once you, you can start on writing something, so writing my, my process when I'm writing a blog, I'd start on writing it, put some ideas down, then put it away, and then my unconscious mind continues to work on that. And that, that's what this is really about. Tracy, anything you would add to this? Yes, I guess I'd reinforce the importance of taking a break. I mean, I, I work I work in the morning and I always stop, well, I have to stop around 11.30 because I'm aware that my brain stops working. And by that stage, my brain is so full of what I'm doing. And I need to sort of to, to leave my office, to leave the apartment and shake my head. I find that once I ride my bike and even after two or three minutes, I get a clarity and I already begin to sort of see that whatever situation or problem I'm working on more clearly and I find myself or open to a metaphor or an idea of a different way to approach the problem that I've had. So taking a break and saying, I'm switching off and doing something else, your brain has already started working, you're unconscious uh, on that problem. And then by the time I come back and start it again, I've got a new perspective. Yeah, that, 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 that's really important. That, that sort of shift as well that can happen, the shift in perspective you have as well about something. Thank you. Um, so yeah, the, the other point I wanted to make here as well, which, which is really important in terms of that incubation period, is that it, it can also be about forgetting. So when you take on a, a different task altogether, so you're, you're, say, working on thinking of one particular task that you've, you, you've been um, incubating, if you like, for some time, you work on it. And then you move to a different task altogether. Your mind almost goes through a process of forgetting that first task uh, because it's busy 
dealing with the second task. That process of forgetting really is important. Um, and that's something that uh, Professor Gil Hoody refers to when he talks about incubation. So that forgetting process can allow fresh insights to come into the mind as a result of it. Um, we see this in, or I've seen it a lot in, in creative problem solving because what works really well when you're, you've got a problem and you're really struggling to, to work through what, what potential solutions could, um, could come into your mind to, to handle that problem is to spend, say, 10 minutes on one task and then shift to an entirely different task. And particularly if, say, one task is a, a word-based um, brain-type task and the other task is a, some kind of physical um, game or, or, or even just going out for a walk at that point can count as, as an activity. Um, then that allows that, that forgetting to happen. Um, and that's probably what you're talking about when you're talking about going outside and, and going for the bike ride, Tracy. When that, that yeah, sort of forcing yourself, forcing yourself into a different environment yet to shift the thinking. Yeah. Um, and let it go into that unconscious incubation process that we've been speaking about. Absolutely. Mm. So, um, yeah, procrastination then. Tracy, you, you were talking about um, earlier about this point about uh, being busy and um, just starting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think about and I'm struggling to remember the guy who said it, you know, when you, something's difficult or ambiguous or complex and it's something you put off and it's called, what, the ugly bullfrog? Uh, I can't remember the guy. I think it's Ken someone. Trace. Um, Trace. No. Okay. We'll get back to we'll, that. We'll, we'll put it in the notes, okay? We'll remember <laughs> we who it is who came up. And I think yeah. it's useful just to try and look at the task and why you don't like it and to view it as an ugly bullfrog because the, the metaphor is you eat the ugly bullfrog first and then it's out of the way. Now, I guess Barbara and I are advocating that you can nibble on the bullfrog and you can start, even if you only nibble it for 10 minutes and that process alone gets you started. I, I also find too, if I'm only going to do 10 or 15 minutes, I give myself permission to work on it hard and then I start noting down, well, what will be the things that I do next before I move to my next task? And that process as well also helps the incubation. So um, for me, you know, since we've been talking about this topic, it's really about checking myself and reflecting on why is this task you know why am I bothered by this task and if it's because maybe once I've done this task the outcome will, or I'll have to have made a decision and there'll be some pain involved in that name it and therefore you understand it and it, it gets easier to move forward mm. interesting points there Tracy yeah well should we should we do a bit of a wrap-up we've chatted about a few things Barbara about yeah you know so I guess if we could just pick the top three, well, three or four. So um, we, we've talked about the need for there to be some work for incubation to happen. If you don't start on the bullfrog, if you don't start on the task, incubation can't happen. So I guess in the words of Goethe, that um, German philosopher, just start. There's a lot of power and magic in that. Um, and incubation requires a prepared mind. That's a point that Barbara's made really well earlier in the conversation. Um, start, even if it's only for 10 or 15 minutes, uh, because you give your brain a chance to think about the complexity of whatever it is that is in that task that's making it something that you want to avoid. 
And remember what Barbara said about how damaging criticism can be, particularly in the early stage of some process or task. So avoid you being critical or taking criticism from others in the very, very early stages of the creative process. And Barbara, did you want to add something to you that in terms of our reflections you wanted yeah. our listeners to take away? Yeah, I think I think for me the most the, one of the, the aspects really is is to really see the difference between the two processes of incubation and procrastination. So uh, to be aware that you know if you are if you haven't even started tackling the the, the the topic, if you haven't started this activity and you're just putting it off and putting it off and putting it off without giving thought to it, then it's most likely to be procrastination. And what's really important there is that you look at why you're procrastinating, because I see procrastination could be coming from a very negative space, and that's not conducive to creativity. Yeah. If you started but you're not really yet ready to finish it. Um, and what's popped to us, what's interesting there, Tracy, if I can just give an example, yeah, is um, in one of the, I can't remember whether it was maybe the TED talk, that uh, they, he was talking about Martin Luther King's um, famous speech and that he was still finishing it. Or he, I think the, the premise was that he was procrastinating because he did it at the last minute. Um, and he was putting the final touches to it and even changed what he was going to say when he was making the speech. And it was more powerful because of that. I'd say that's a classic example of, of incubation. I am certain, I, I, can't, I can't prove it clearly, but I'm certain that Martin Luther King did not leave the whole speech until the very last minute. He probably had the bones of it prepared he probably worked on it the night before and that morning but as he was going through it I'm sure that that incubation had been happening all that time and other ideas came into his head even as he was making the speech because that's what I see happen with with incubation that's so a great example uh, Barbara well it popped into my head <laughs> <laughs> incubation <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think that's, I, I hope we've given a taste there of, um, of uh, incubation and procrastination and, and how we see the differences. And I think also the importance of incubating um, and, and, and underlying that. So Tracy, reflections, what we've learned what's happened, what we've picked up, what we've read <laughs> over the last month. Do you want to start? Yes, yeah, sure, sure. Thanks, Barbara. Um, so I've been reading a few books, but one book that I've been thinking about a lot is a book by Elizabeth Gilbert called Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear. Um, I haven't finished the book, but I'm really enjoying the reading process. She, she writes beautifully and authentically. And she really talks to our fear about being creative. And she has about three pages where she just talks about uh, um, fear. Fear such as, you know, you're afraid of being creative because you won't be taken seriously. You know, you're afraid that your best work is behind you. You know, you're afraid that other people will see you as silly or foolish. And, you know, her key premise for the book is that if you're going to be creative, you need to make a space for that fear. You need to recognise those fears and um, and move beyond it. So um, I think it's a really good one in terms of, you know, procrastination uh, particularly. 
and, um, and incub an incubation. And she actually provides some excellent examples of story ideas she had that incubated and they went away. And then what was it that brought them back again to the fore? Mm. What about you, Barbara? What have you been um, thinking about or reading? In the yeah, last can I just say thank you for that? And and it's certainly a book that I'm going to get hold of and um, and look at because I'm I'm really interested in how she'll um, add, what the recommendations are, I guess, for overcoming that fear. Um, okay, for me, the the big things uh, this month are really just a reminder but it, I think it's an important reminder is to change our perspective when we want to be creative so two things kind of popped up for me this month around that the first is that I um, attended a creative writing masterclass over a, a weekend for story uh, writing short stories and there were lots of things to take away from that, which I'm, I'm still processing. But one of the points was to try telling a story from a different angle, from a different. So moving from, say, the third person, you know, Eliza said to the first person I said um, and changing that perspective uh, can open up all sorts of possibilities. Uh, and also maybe changing the tense, move from the past tense to the present tense and see how that looks like. So rewriting a story and changing both of those things can, can really open up some creativity there. And that reminded me about um, lessons from photography workshops I've been on, where the, the one of the most important lessons is to look at what it is you're for taking a photograph of, from all different perspectives. Now, I know it's not always easy to do that if you're taking landscape photography, for example, but to look at it from different angles, if you can, to walk around it, to look at it from, you know, from change your perspective, look at it from on high, look at it from low. Um, and by changing your perspective, you can see it differently because um, we always tend to see things in the same way. Um, or have a preferred way of looking at things. Yes, you know? yes. I prefer to have the sun behind me when I take a photo, for example. Oh, it's wonderful if you. I love taking photos into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That goes yeah. against conventional thinking. My dad would have been very not pleased. <laughs> Depends how you're doing it. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's um, that was my that's great my my, uh, my sharing. So that's great. That was a great story, and it was a metaphor as well. Just you know, taking things from different perspectives. I could apply the same thing to my writing. I'm writing a scene. How would the um, the heroine feel about that? How would the criminal feel about yeah. that? How would an observer feel about that? And you just get a little yeah. bit of richness in the different perspective that just makes the story more interesting and more nuanced. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Okay, well, I guess, I guess if I can wrap up, thanks everyone for listening into our conversation about incubation, procrastination, and what we've been thinking about in the last month. If you'd like to learn more about our experiences, you can find Barbara at barbara-wilson.com and myself at tjstanley.com. And of course, you can buy our book, Creativity Cycling, Help Your Solve, Team Solve Complex Problems with Creative Tools on Amazon, Google Play, and Book Depository. I'm wishing everyone a very creative day. Bye. And just before we stop the recording, oh. I'd just like to say... <laughs>
<laughs> that we will put references up. Oh, yes, the, pod yes, yes. the podcast will be um, published and we will put the references up into the notes if you want to follow up on any of those references. So bye, everybody, and um, see you or speak with you next month. Okay, <laughs> okay bye. bye.